0: the land people are gathering, disturbed people, demented people, gathering to discuss films, disturbed films, demented films. These people know not what they do, they do not think before they speak, but they are bastards, daily grindhouse bastards, giving the opinions no one asked for yet demand to know this is the daily grindhouse presents no budget nightmares so dejected. I
1: know so, oh, is your heater on?
0: No, it's hot as hell. <laughs> I, I don't fucking know. I don't I don't know what the temperature is in in Canada, but it's uh it's it's really warm today. There, there's not one temperature across this entire gigantic country. I assume, I assume. <laughs> All right. It's like it's like it's like my buddy who has a hard time understanding when it's raining up here but not at his house. <laughs> like he really has a hard time understanding that I'm like you know, there's clouds in different places. He's like, oh, man, I don't get it. Clouds in different places? I don't get it. You mean it's not, like, it's raining in my house. Doesn't that mean it's raining everywhere? Uh, All right, enough of him. (laughs) Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Daily Grindhouse presents No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo, and with me, as always, is that one, that only, because there's only one Canadian in the world, and that's him, Doug Tilly. Number one super guy.
1: Hi, Mo. <laughs> Mo, I'm a little dejected today. Oh, having, a, having a hard time with the uh, material that we've been presented with <sighs> this week on no Daily Grindhouse shit. Presents No Budget Nightmares. No shit. Uh, you know, I'm, I think anyone who's listened to uh, even a single episode of this podcast knows that I'm, I, you know, I try to keep the energy up. I try to keep positive. Yeah. Even when I'm, yeah, I, that's it. I'm, I'm Mr. Optimism because, again, I am Canadian. Uh, <laughs> and and i like to think that I'm uh, looking at the glasses half full. But today's episode, it's going to be very difficult to stay positive.
0: Well, today the glass is half full, but it's half
1: full of shit. Uh, Shit at the very least, shit, Come, maybe. I mean, it's really full of just awful, horrible... No, I mean, these things aren't necessarily horrible. I mean, I can be even optimistic about bodily fluids, but... I'm down with bodily fluids, but this movie is a piece of shit. This movie, uh, which, by the way, is Gorno, An American Tragedy from 2004. Actually, when I think about it, that's a very apt name
0: yes, it is, a very, <laughs> this is an American tragedy.
1: I feel it's like kind of uh, hokey to like if I was, because I have to write up a written review on this but yeah, I can't, sorry. you know, I, I can't say things like, it really is an American
0: tragedy, but uh, if really? I could say things like that, I totally would. Do, me, do you want me to write up your review this week? Because I have no At problem least, saying that. Dude. <laughs> I'll just write that one line. This week we're covering Gorno, Amer- an American tragedy, and it really is an American tragedy. Okay, you take over.
1: <laughs> so Gorno, uh, an American Tragedy uh, it was directed by Oliver Asaran. I think that I might not be pronouncing that right. No. And Les Norris. It's uh, co-directed in this case, and it's uh, shot in a sort of faux documentary style. Uh, well, it starts that way. It does, but it kind of flicks back uh, and forth in that manner as well. It's it's shot on different sorts of uh, video quality. Uh, In fact, maybe for the first time ever, at least portions of this movie were shot on 35 millimeter film, uh, which is very unique. (laughs) (laughs) They're
0: probably probably like, yeah, we can afford like two, you know, 20, 30 feet of it. So let's just uh, let's make this count.
1: Right, and, and there's there's segments that are are shot on uh, on video as we would normally
0: expect. Yeah, there's some, there's some bits that look like they were shot on a camera phone.
1: Yeah, I mean th- there's weird filters on a lot of the material. It's it's obviously trying to get that sort of um, collage look of something like Natural Born Killers, uh, and sometimes and and it's not <laughs> not necessarily succeeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me, I mean, I can't. I can't get any enthusiasm together for this movie because this,
0: this movie fails on so many levels. It's it's not even it's not even fun to talk about. It's just like this movie was depressing to watch. It was like actually it was oppressing to watch. It was it was just it was painful this movie is like swimming through sludge
1: because it really it's it slows you down it is unpleasant everything about it is grimy and and uh, and and let's let us let's make things absolutely clear a this movie is not terribly made in the way that say a todd sheets movie is terribly made um generally the technical specs are okay i I mean they're, they're certainly better than a lot of these movies uh and b we can handle things that are unpleasant. We can handle movies that, are, uh, that don't necessarily have uh, characters that we can relate to sure. or characters that are, are like fun to spend time with. Um, but every single character in this movie is totally despicable, horribly unpleasant to spend time with, the worst pieces of shit on the planet, but really? also it still somehow feels really derivative. It feels like they're trying to ape someone else's style. Mm. Um and and certainly um I may have even mentioned on on Twitter it felt like they were influenced I would say it's likely by uh Harmony corinne's films like uh well th- he he wrote the script to kids. Kids is the the primary influence that that we see here. Oh without a doubt. Yeah. But even his films like Gummo and, and mm-hmm. Julian Donkey Boy, uh, and also uh, I, 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 there's a little bit of uh, Rules of Attraction in here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so so. If anyone, if you're familiar with those films, then you get an idea of sort of the shitty people that we're dealing with here.
0: I would ev- I would even go so far as to say I, I feel there's a little you know that there might even be a little like duck, yeah, you know, influence in there as well. I mean, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put it past them.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it's really difficult to to be – it's not difficult to be critical because this movie is shit and it deserves to be treated as bad as it is. Oh, yeah. But I think that there was an attempt going into it to – create something that was interesting, that they thought that they were really saying something. But this becomes the worst kind of pretension and the worst kind of uh, self-involvement, especially near the end when it, the movie just kind of it collapses in on itself and goes right up its own ass. And it's, it's <laughs> such a – I mean, th- it's funny because it's art, but – it, it, like in a way it, in a way that that a lot of the movies that we watch though they 're artistic and are, are you know it 's still a work of fiction that that someone has presented out there but this is uh, it has been formed as a piece of art in quotation marks yeah. with, like, we need to think about this man this this says something <laughs> This thing means says something dude yeah, th- this is totally high school philosophy class and it 's bullshit, mm. and uh, it makes me really upset to think about because <sighs> Because of what it is and what it represents, um, and, and uh, I should mention that the um, the director, well, one of the co-directors in this case, is a uh, sort of a punk rock guy, uh, and a member of a, a band. Uh, in fact, the lead character in the film, he wears the band's shirt for the entire uh, uh, Baghdad Radio. I guess is the is that
0: is that Radio, the, radio Baghdad Radio Baghdad. Yeah.
1: Fuck me for forgetting.
0: No, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and yeah, he's only he's only wearing the same shirt for the entire film. For the entire film, uh, and
1: uh, and this movie does have that sort of groc attitude of sort of fuck everything. And I mean, I, I say that in kind of a general term. I love. Fuck yeah, I was fuck, gonna say this.
0: This has that sort. Of, yeah, definitely. There's definitely a bit of like a, a, of a nihilistic. Yes, kind I, I, of I vibe should. I should. On, that, that
1: that it, it really is more of a nihilistic vibe than than something that's strictly a uh, punk in a in a, in, a, in a musical sense. But uh, but it's also. It's it's sort of like the visual equivalent of, of of like one of those hardcore bands that are that are really meant to just kind of get under your skin and make you not enjoy it at all. Yeah. But, but that doesn't really work with visuals. No. Uh, it, it,
0: well I mean mean, it does actually it does there's plenty of examples of of shit like this usually it's done in short form you know it's not they're they're not usually feature length films but and, and sometimes they do work I mean you can look I mean perfect examples are like the work of like Richard Kern or like, uh, what's his name? Nick Zed, you know, so, sure. You know, where, where it does, it gets under your skin. It's painful to watch, you know, but so these it, things are sort of an assault on the senses. But in this yeah. case, the assault with those films
1: in particular, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Nick Zed films, um, and, and, um, and, and, and uh, Richard Kern, you're talking about the films that have a higher purpose that, uh, that even if you're not thinking about that purpose, the entire time that you're watching them, uh, you're, it kind of envelops you. But in this movie, yeah. all you can think about is the same message being shoved down your throat Without again. a doubt. Without a yeah. doubt. Yeah. yeah. And it's really difficult to talk about as well. You might notice that we haven't jumped into the plot at all in any capacity because of the structure of the movie, which is uh, based on these little short segments and uh, intercut with, with semi-documentary, faux-documentary pieces. Yeah. Um, it makes it really difficult to talk about, especially in the style that we normally. Talk well, yeah, because
0: we, I mean, we uh, like it, like it, I mean, granted, the movie's eighty minutes long, right. but it would take us like three hours to talk about, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm not into the idea of talking about this piece of shit movie for that long. Um, Nobody you know? would want to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. For Exactly. I mean, you know, especially after we just hit them with the two hour episode last week. So let's, you know, I mean, we'll, well, we'll hit on some stuff and we'll talk about things we liked and things we hated. And, you know, and uh, needless to say, the latter list will be a lot longer, um, you know, and, and and we'll try to just leave it at that. I, I don't I don't really see any way of of going through this movie with a fine tooth comb the way we normally do.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and, and we'll we'll pick on some of the performances that we, we enjoyed or didn't enjoy probably. I didn't enjoy any of them. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, mean, no, I, normally I what I mean is, is that some of them are at least technically okay and that they seem fairly comfortable in front of the camera. That's
0: not true. That's not true. They're, you don't think anybody's like no, that? No, 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 no. I was going to say that I didn't enjoy any of the performances. That's not true. There are two characters, three characters in this film that I kind of enjoyed and not because they were good. <laughs> you know, and when and when we talk about them, I'll I'll mention them. But uh, it, it's just, I mean, it's but there's just so there's so little redeeming about this film. It's just such a. It's hard to even know where to start.
1: That, that and that is that is absolutely the case. It's very, I know
0: I know where we can start. We can start with the film production company called On Rog. Hey, I, I noticed that that's a little bit of a play on words. I don't know if you got that, Mo. I'm I'm so stupid that, <laughs> that I I would never have got that.
1: Yes. Uh, for those of you who can't see the words in front of your eyes, uh, close your eyes for a moment and picture it. Onrog is actually Gorno backwards. Whoa. Now the term Gorno, as you uh, were good to mention last time, Mo, usually is the precursor to the uh, idea of something like torture porn or yeah. uh, s- something that exists strictly uh, for violence sake. In yeah, exactly.
0: Go- it's violent- You're right. It's violence for violence sake. It's um, you know usually in the realm of like body horror or uh, you know or just pure like snuff essentially uh you know obviously not in the real sense of the word sure but, of course uh, but uh but uh, but this doesn't even it's not even close like there's yeah, I mean, it's there's, not even a particularly violent film really yeah it's not there's a, i mean there's a there's a lot of drugs and there's a lot of like weird sex and stuff like that but i mean but there's no there's there's just very few scenes of of out-and-out violence and none of them graphic enough to, to make me even remotely squeamish.
1: I, I was more squeamish, and maybe that says too much about me, uh, with the sexual content of it. Mostly yeah. because they are making efforts to be as unpleasant as possible. Yeah,
0: yeah. It seemed like it was. I mean, my my biggest problem with that, and the reason why it didn't affect me all that much, is because it just seemed so forced. Yeah. You know, it was so fake, and it's just like, give me a fucking break. There was there was that one scene where they're at the party. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll start there. Seeing Th- like this,
1: that. this is a good scene to start with. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, he's kind of, the main character, whose name is Kelly, by the way, uh, he's kind of walking through the building and, you know, and he's like stopping and talking to people. It's very, it's shot very kids-esque and, uh, of course the entire film is, but, um, but he gets upstairs and, uh, and there are these three guys who are kind of like messing around with this chick and, and and uh and they get her upstairs into into one of the bedrooms and they all, and you know and they they're all going to have their way with her essentially. Now, they're going to rape her. Let's they, make it very Yeah, yeah, clear. Let's, let's let's make it clear. They're going to gang
1: rape She's her. She's unconscious and they are going to gang rape her.
0: Yeah. You know, and they and they uh they even go so far as to uh invite this other guy whose name was John, I believe.
1: Right? Yeah, so, I think I think it was John. There's a lot of characters in this movie they, and so, most
0: of them only have their names mentioned once or twice. Yeah. And, there were, and most of them are only in the movie for two seconds. Absolutely. Like, they're such, like, an, ancillary characters. But, um, yeah, so John gets up there, and he and he bangs the hell out of her. Now, what I thought they were going to get at, and maybe they did, and I just didn't notice it, was I thought they were going to say that that was his sister. It was. It was his sister. Oh, it was okay. sister that he was banging. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay.
1: Yeah, so that, uh, that, I mean, this is a really clear idea of the sort of tone that they go for in this movie, which is that um, everybody at this party, by the way, is uh, either a stone out of their heads or drunk or complete assholes. So this this girl who we're introduced to just for two seconds, uh, she passes out. They gang rape her, and then the guy comes in the room. It's like, oh, we got this chicken here. Everybody can come in and have a go, and uh, he, she ends up uh, having sex with her brother. But there's no reveal on that, so there's no, there's no consequence. Yes. I mean, this, that is the point of the movie. All of these people are terrible. There are never any consequences to anything that they do.
0: Yeah. Oh, God, I hated this
1: movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who is who – let, Sorry? Let, 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 let's go this route. Let's, instead of talking about what happens in the movie, let's talk about some performances. Okay. Uh, who, who would you say is your, and this is going to be the hardest one uh, in my mind, who would you say the best performance came from? Okay. Best,
1: you mean as in actual?
0: Co- as in actual, like, either most humorous. You can take it any way you want. Either most competent, most humorous, however, however you want to you play that.
1: Okay, you know what? I'm going to give it, and this is going to be a controversial opinion. I'm going to say that uh, Lucas Corcoran, who played Kelly Brady, the lead character in the Mm -hmm. film, I think he did a pretty good job considering he was. For one thing, he's the the character that obviously is on the screen for the most uh, time, yeah. Um, And he doesn't have to do a lot, a wide range of emotions, but he did have to do a lot of different. Things and make it seem fairly natural, including drug dealing and murdering and that sort of thing. Mm. So I think – I actually, I'm, I was sort of impressed, especially if he's as young as this character is supposed to be, which is something like 15 in the movie. Mm. All right. That's just – you know what? I'm just – we're talking about the best of a bad bunch uh, type of Oh, thing. yeah.
0: I mean, well, I was – somebody was talking to me about uh, about the movie on either Twitter or Facebook or whatever <laughs> and, uh, you know, face or my book. Um and um, and I and I had I had mentioned uh, a, one of the other characters who I, who I personally thought was the was the worst in in a movie full of worst characters, you know, right? I just there's nobody there's I mean they, like they're all awful.
1: Yeah no yeah no and and and, and um, the performances. Uh, I've, 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 you have to understand, anyone who's listening, that we're used to seeing terrible performances. And in that scheme, well, they're just bad in the sense that they're non-actors and they're in a movie and they're trying to act. Yeah. But in the context of this movie in particular, which, by the way, is, is shot in a very uh, – I mean, uh, if, that, if, if you weren't already tipped out by the documentary style, it's shot in a way that's supposed to feel very real but there's nothing about it that feels real not yeah. just because of the performances but just because look i know kids are shitty i know teenagers are assholes but the the idea that these characters entire lives revolve around doing nothing
0: but horrible things to each other all day every single day you know it, what you know what I, you know what i was just thinking of uh, i'm sorry to cut you off no it's okay but but we we had mentioned that there's a lot of a heavy influence from Har- harmony corn you know who i think would actually be a better a better person to say is probably a, a bigger influence would be larry clark yeah, well, of course. Well, but I'm right? saying, well, I'm saying because because I mean, if you think of obviously kids, because kids is clearly the biggest influence on this film. But then if you look at like bully, sure, you know, which I think also had a very very clear influence on this sort of film, where it's basically just a bunch of assholes just hanging around. Sure. No, I no. You the can not The oh. only difference is that both of those movies did it amazing. This has no redeeming qualities. Yeah. And, and also,
1: I mean, this, is, this, is, this really gets to the point of it. Uh, and I'm just going to jump right to the end of Do the it. movie for a second. And the end of the movie, we, we discover, uh, and we'll go over some of the plot in a moment, um, that the lead character, Kelly there 's sort of it 's sort of been a murder mystery uh, that 's been going on, and we'll we 'll explain that in a second, but he, we discover that he is the one who 's been causing it he is a murderer he 's an asshole he 's been killing people the whole time uh, and and it ends with this voiceover, which is such a Lotus shit. Oh, it's the biggest, most pompous nonsense. Yes, where he talks about—I can't quote it exactly—but just you know, every time that you see a kid on the street and you look into his eyes, yeah, just
0: take a look at the kids at the at the kids' faces and tell me they don't—they look any different than mine. Yeah, is what he says. Which is that
1: every kid that you see might be one of the. I mean, what kind of? For one thing. Uh, the The message of this movie seems to be that you should not trust kids, yeah that's and what I'm, trust teenagers, <laughs> which is a very bizarre kind of uh, uh anti punk statement <laughs> uh,
0: it's uh yeah it 's a very alarmist thing to say you know it's like it's like I, it makes you kind of wonder like you know did, if you know, like the Fox News channel had anything to do with this movie.
1: I mean, this movie um, in some ways does feel
0: rather conservative, like like yeah. r-
1: ridiculously conservative. Now, but it's also a parody of those sort of feelings because yeah. there's two Redneck characters, whose their their entire purpose of the film is just to say really inflammatory right wing statements, like that the Holocaust was exaggerated, yeah. uh, or or that um, uh, uh, what are some of the other ones that they say the JFK assassination and aliens and just a lot yeah. of
0: horror and they shit. and they talk about like how like uh, like all the pot that comes into this country is from is communist and it's used as like a brain you know something I don't know like a like a <laughs> It's a film full of strawmen, is what it is. Like no one is yeah. presented in a realistic fashion,
1: so sure. it's very easy to to, to kind of, aha, uh-huh, we don't mean this at all. Aha,
0: uh-huh, this this is what these other people, the other side think. This movie, you know what this movie's like? It's like a modern day reefer madness. It is, it is sort of, because it's very farm
1: in that kind of similar style, even though it presents itself occasionally, uh, almost in a comedic manner. Yeah. Uh, some of the characters are obvious. There is a scene, and I know that you, you enjoyed this scene quite a bit early on, Mo, where two characters who oh, yeah. uh, are retarded, uh, they try to make mac and cheese, and they do it in a particularly quotations, retarded way by dropping the noodles on the floor and and, and just botching it. That scene is in the movie solely to laugh at people like that sure yeah it's the only reason it's presented in a way that 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 oh i see that they're having a little bit of fun with it it's bad taste it's doing kind of the trauma thing but but later you're expecting that it'll come back to it in some way no that's the only time you see those two characters they're referred to later on yeah. but the only reason that scene is there is to laugh at them
0: and it I, it I, this movie sometimes made me feel a little sick a little, <laughs> a little dirty yeah, yeah. I, well, I, was, I even made the note, I said that one scene, I found that one scene more uh, more offensive than the entirety of Duck.
1: Yes, absolutely, yeah. and this, that is a great counterpoint to this movie, by the way, that we're referring to uh, Duck, uh, the um, Carbine High Massacre, the, the the film that was released very soon after the Columbine incident. Yeah. This movie, it, it, it kind of tries to bring up a lot of those similar themes, though played a lot more uh, seriously, but... Um, for some reason, and actually it's clear why, <laughs> the D- Duck manages to take these kind of complicated, really hardcore ideas and put them in something that actually ends up being entertaining. Yeah. Here you have these people – and I mean it starts right at the beginning with the character of, of Kelly saying that he's, he wants to go to school and shoot it up. Um, and, and it looks like that's where it was actually going to end up going. But –
0: really (laughs) he's even more reprehensible than that yeah and the movie goes nowhere too that's my that's my biggest problem it kind of goes into like a in like a a big circle and uh and at the end you know it just kind of like continues that circle there's no like it doesn't go off anywhere It it never there's no start there's no finish you know it's just it's just masturbation really uh, and in fact, it circles on itself at the end as yeah. well. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. It start, you know, it starts, it starts, and then goes around on itself, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and then continues the circle. It's,
1: which is again one of those pretentious things that that make you. And I, you know, I don't use that word pretentious. Lightly. No, I, no. But I, the, generally, I don't. I don't. I hate using that because I think that it's a word used by a lot of people who can't make the effort to try to understand something. Exactly. But in this case, believe me, this is this is a bunch of people who think that they are the smartest fucking people
0: yeah. on. And I've said I've said this a million times. I really enjoy a lot of uh, film and a lot of uh, I guess the term would be auteurs uh, that uh, that that are generally labeled as as very pretentious. I enjoy their work, you know. Right. Um, I mean, I have no problem with somebody being so into themselves that they know that they're great. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, someone like Joe who
1: uh, sure. I love these films, but there's, you could easily... I mean, El Topo is such a, um, a visibly... Uh, artistic attempt at something sure. that, 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 that I, I could totally understand if someone was to watch that and say, oh, this is just a bunch of bullshit. He's just yeah. throwing a shit at the screen and saying it means something. Mm-hmm. But but I love his films because there's an artistry and there is a, a visual style to them and there are so many ideas. To me, it's, it almost overflows with ideas, so yeah. it gives me a lot to, to kind of uh, food for thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You would starve to death if you were trying to get food for thought. <laughs> 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 now, let me talk
0: about the plot for a second. Wait, I never got to finish. I, I never got to say who my favorite performance was. I thought you were just going to jump to your least favorite. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I want to trust me. I want to, but I want to talk about my my most favorite. Okay, you know, we'll start off on a positive note and save all the the shit for later. But uh, I, I I think I think of all the characters, I mean, probably because he's the only character I actually found entertaining in the entire film was. I don't know if I should call him Mister or Doctor. Oh, shit, because he forgets his own name. he forgets his own name. But it's uh, a guy who I'm assuming his name, because everybody else calls him Mr. Ohio. Right. You know, so I'm he's, assuming he's credited it's at
1: the beginning as Mr. Ohio yeah. and at the end.
0: Yeah, and then and then at some point during the middle, he starts screaming that he's Dr. Ohio. Um, he is my favorite character in the entire film. Him him, and Big and Little G, I love. Yeah, now, uh, Mr. Ohio, he's a
1: drug dealer who uh, is pissed because... You don't take L- no shit. He doesn't take no shit from anybody, uh, but he's, he's, he wants his corners, to, to mm-hmm. quote The Wire, but uh, he is pissed because, <laughs> because Kelly is, uh, is selling drugs and uh, basically taking a lot of his business away. Again, this is a character who, if you removed him from the movie entirely and you removed, cut, like, two little bits, has no effect on the plot whatsoever. More it's very similar.
0: bizarre that he's even included in the movie. Yeah, It really just seems like they had another friend who wanted to be in the movie. He's not good. Yeah, I mean, he's a bad actor too. Yeah, he, yeah, he's really, he's really bad. His performance is awful. But I just love the fact that his name is Mister Ohio, um, and sometimes Doctor Ohio. Like, I want to know where he got his PhD from, but um, maybe Ohio University. But, um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, he's he's my favorite character. And then, of course, Big, Big and Little G, who... I don't know if they're supposed to be drug dealers, too, or if they're just sort of like local thugs who are... Yeah,
1: I, I, I don't want to jump into this too hard, but it's going to be impossible to explain otherwise. So what happens is this character of Mr. Ohio beats the shit out of Kelly, and uh, Kelly later on meets up with Big G and Little G, who, when, they explain, when he explains what happened to him, that he got his ass beat, they say, oh, we'll take care of it, and they end up killing yeah. Mr. Ohio. But it seems... As they leave to say that they're going to take care of it, they introduce themselves in a way that suggests that this is the first time that Kelly has ever met them. Yeah. So why are they going to go kill this guy for him?
0: Because they like Kelly's weed,
1: apparently. I guess. And, um... Yeah, so that's how that happens. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, you know what? I, I hate knocking the performances too much, but just to give you an idea, those who are listening, some of the characters, we have uh, Vladimir, who's a vampire, Uh-oh. who's in the
0: movie. Uh, again. Is, pro- is Vladimir anything other than just comic relief? I mean, and, <laughs> if, if he is, it's particularly ineffective. Yeah. Uh, because he's,
1: um, again, he's connected to the plot in a way, but it's like he's been super glued into it. It doesn't have any – I don't think he has any interaction at all with Kelly, who is our main
0: character. Uh, does he? I don't he, 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 No, not directly. There's one – there's only one scene in the movie, and that's at the end when, when they're doing the big reveal that they, right. that they show that Vlad was at the party where the, everything took place. Right, and then um, there's Jake,
1: the Satanist, who uh, dresses like Marilyn Manson, and um, is Jack. Well, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Jake, even though it's it's spelled J-A-K. No, oh, I've been calling him Jack. One scene in the movie, someone says Jake, but uh. look, Jack, Jake, whoever the fuck he is, he looks like Marilyn Manson, he dresses like a goth, he's a Satanist, as the name would imply, mm-hmm. um, and he sucks, he's such a shitty character. Oh, he's so bad. You know, it's funny that the music for this film is done by uh, Daisy Berkowitz from Marilyn Manson's band. Yeah, uh, He does some of the, the kind of... Um, the score, so to speak, and apparently the, the, the co-director who was in Radio Baghdad, they used to play with Marilyn Manson in sort of the early days, so you would think that they would have captured this character in sort of a more interesting way, but no, he's just a goth who burns pages of a Bible, and is, he, he seems to, he gets nothing, but again, this is another one of these kind of conservative views. He is exactly as bad as people would... Um, uh, w- would you know in their greatest fears, think that someone like Marilyn Manson is in that he he takes glee at the idea that there was this murder that he was a part of yeah. and, that, and and he exaggerates all the details a little bit i, I mean it 's uh, okay, we need to center. Because <laughs> this movie is... is
0: kind I could go off on an hour and a half just on Jack, Jake, whatever you want to call him. Like, he's, he is the biggest crock of shit, the biggest pain in the ass the stupidest character you know i mean and, and i don't even care about his performance his performance wasn't even half bad i no. just i just hate the character i hate everything about the character he's a walking stereotype you know he there, he's uh, he's about as one dimensional as a character gets um he, he has no re- no redeeming value and no redemption uh it's just it's it's completely insane and and the, and the problem the problem with with this character i don't i'm i'm going to keep calling him jack but okay. um uh, you know, the problem with this character is that for the first half of the movie, he's the one progressing the storyline.
1: Yeah, because so, he's the one that they, they interviewed the most in yeah, documentary.
0: for the first half at the very least, you know. And, and so, so every time there's exposition that needs to be told, they, they go back to him on it. And it's like – and it, it's, it's torturous getting through his scenes because he's not interesting. You know, like the character is portrayed, like I said, very one-dimensionally um, – I mean, you say you look. I mean, like he's physical. You know, you look at him; he looks like a goth. Therefore, he's a goth. Right. You know. Oh. Okay. All right. Let's let's
1: tear this down for a second. Here is what the plot of the movie is, because I'm sure people are curious at this point. Um, what happened is that the documentary filmmakers are there because they're investigating a murder that happened a few years
0: before. Oh, do you mean, do you mean Ollie North and Chuck Norris? Yes. North and Chuck
1: Norris, representatives again of the again. This is I'm certain it's supposed to be a right wing
0: parody, but it's it it seems like it it's more supportive of those ideas than anything else. It really does. It, I, like I mean, maybe we're just not getting it. But if it's not if it's us just not getting it, it's because it was put out there in such a bad way. Uh,
1: yes, and, and believe me, as satirical as they might have thought they were, it, it certainly doesn't come, come across that way. No. Um, so Kelly, uh, the main character, his sister was the one who was murdered the, the years before it happened at a party uh and uh, and a lot of these characters that we've been referring to like jack jake uh and vlad the uh the vampire he uh, they were all at this party uh things got out of control when his sister got drunk and started taking her clothes off and she ended up getting murdered and according to jack slash jake they, they may or may not have had sex with her dead body or uh, tore it apart or whatever and now we're years later and there's a a serial murderer that is killing people in this neighborhood, um, and there's a suggestion that maybe it has something to do with the murders from years before. It makes it sound like a horror movie, but it's not. No, it, it is. It is a you know, it's a mirror being held up in modern society. <laughs> Oh, is that what it is? There's a series of voiceovers of Kelly's character, and they're presented in and, – and they're very inconsistent in terms of the tone. A lot of it has to do with him railing against his his uh, father, uh, who is a character I particularly have issues with. Um, yeah, yeah. But He talks about it because his, his mother is dead, his father is gay uh, he he says terrible things about his father in a way that I guess we 're supposed to think, oh, this is because Kelly is a shitty character, but then, when his father is finally revealed, he really is just this incredibly effeminate uh, unpleasant in a piece lot of ways. shit
0: yeah his father's a piece, piece of shit. shit
1: yeah and, and who who's completely uh, has been ignoring him uh, and then there 's um I've lost my, oh, yeah, the voiceovers. Yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but then the voiceovers go to, like, Travis Bickle-type material where yeah. he talks about needing to cleanse his body and that he's going to be a representative of God. Who's and then the next
0: out. scene, he's smoking a cigarette.
1: Yeah, I mean there's no consistency to it. All it is is kind of uh cherry picking these influences uh, again from from kids to tr- uh, to taxi driver yeah. to revenge films and it, it, no, nothing ever comes of it because this character is such a horrible little brat. Yeah. And I mean he's and he's I guess he, yeah, he's supposed to be a 15-year-old. He has like a, a he has all this terrible acne uh and <laughs> it's he really bad.
0: But also, I feel bad for the kid actually, for the for the actor because because he's got to deal with that, you know.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, that's reality. Putting yourself out there, I guess. Uh, Again, not that everyone needs to be attacked. I'm not trying to attack him. No, no, no,
0: no. no. Me neither. Me neither. I I, I'm not attacking any of these guys personally. I'm just saying that he's got he's got bad acne. It sucks
1: yeah uh and kelly this this character uh, this kind of the funny thing about it, I guess if you could call it funny, is that he seems to be very well liked in that uh, even though it 's because he 's a drug dealer and and even in my limited experience, I know you have to be buddy buddy with drug dealers if you want to get something from them. Um, this is a guy who who everywhere he goes, he has friends and he has people who are happy to see him and he, he, he you're always happy to see the one that gets you high. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. he only sells pot in this case, by the yeah. way, which I thought was a bit of a cop out because even well, I they- it was,
0: yeah, it's funny because there's a, there's actually a scene where he has a chance to buy quantities of you know other substances. He's like, oh, I don't mess with that stuff. I'm like, really? You have you have no problem doing any of the other horrible shit that you do, but <laughs> but but selling somebody a, a powder is too much. In that very scene, he follows that up by rinsing out a condom to then
1: use it that his friend had just used so, so he could uh, then have sex with a girl. And that, the, that girl, he's having sex with her because he's traded the pot for that opportunity. Yeah. And, 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 and
0: the chick gives him a venereal disease. Gives him a venereal disease. He
1: watches uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes while they're having sex, even though we don't get to see that, which is a shame because that would have been a lot more entertaining Absolutely. than what we actually get. Um, again, we're jumping around here, but the, the movie, it, 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 it's so disjointed, um, and and the characters are introduced for no reason at all. Like He will deliver pot to them, and then we'll follow them for a little bit, but they don't really have any... Uh, reason for existing beyond just showing that everyone's an asshole everyone Well that
0: that and and the and the characters who aren't assholes get killed
1: yeah Exactly. Now, we hear – this is also one of those movies. I used to make little jokes uh, because I've been writing about these no-budget movies for a few years now, and it it used to be kind of a running theme that every one of them had a news broadcast in it, and (laughs) nobody can recreate a news broadcast in a way that looks anything but totally fake and shitty. Absolutely. Well, this is is one of those movies because every time there's a news broadcast on television, someone is doing this voiceover that is supposed to be a news broadcaster. (laughs) And for those who remember the Rock, Paper, Scissors episode, I've had to do this myself. But the, the voice is is so stupid, and it sounds like a teenager trying to say, and then a the body was found, and it's so bad. Um, they're
0: trying to get that, that that news reporter cadence, you know, and then a body was found, and it was drained of its blood.
1: Yes, right, but failing entirely. Yeah, um, But Horrible. But, yeah, so that's, that's one of these things that we see. But so these series of murders that are taking place, um, and it's so disconnected from the movie. When it's finally revealed, and again, I think we've already given this sort of a way that it's been Kelly doing it the entire time, uh, we already knew that. There's even a hint earlier where he says that he blacks out all the time and afterwards people yeah. know what happened. I mean, we knew what was going to happen at the end of the movie. Yeah, so. and,
0: and the fact is, is, that, is that that all oh, I black out all the time nonsense was a total fucking cop out anyway because he knows that he's doing all the murders. Yeah. He knows. At the end, he's proud of it. Yeah. He's happy about it.
1: The worst part of the movie and let me just chalk this up here because there's there's aside from that ending uh voiceover which really ground my yeah. gears yeah, yeah. um is the part where he tells the story about these pit bulls oh. that got loose? Yeah, and he tells it's the, the most ridiculous story in the world. Where he said that the, the girls next door, the, the the neighbor child, ended up getting uh, mutilated and killed by these two pit bulls uh, that were belonged to. I think a, it was like a
0: pack a, of pit bulls.
1: I think a pack was, of pit bulls. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And uh, the pit bulls belonged to a guy who owned uh, what it was a swingers club and strip clubs. And when the cops came to confront him about it, he sick the dogs on them, who managed to kill at least one of them, and then he killed himself. But one of the dogs escaped and then killed two other kids, apparently, yeah. before some rednecks got together and uh, formed a posse and tracked down and killed the dog, then tied to the dog to their truck and dragged it across town while everyone cheered. I mean, this story, I know it sounds, every, it sounds terrible, right? Well, it's you also... Say, something- you say classy, Gorno. Yeah, no kidding. I mean what what kind of reality I understand life is shit everyone is terrible guess what that this is this movie takes place in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people aren't just bad; they're all the worst, right? They're yeah. as bad as a person can be. But that story is so ridiculous because at the very end, it's revealed I was the one who uh, who let those dogs. <laughs> it's like nothing I'm happened. Who, yeah, I'm the one who opened the gate. Okay, fine. It's like, oh my god, you terrible person! You told this story, and of course, while he's telling the story, because this movie is is the is pretty. It's not very violent, and uh, and, no. and despite uh, the the acts that are talked about and the acts that are even displayed, they do their best to uh, avoid having to show anything particularly graphic. Certainly compared to the movies that they were influenced mm. by. Um, certainly budget conscious in this case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they, you know, they show this. They're showing the dog with a baby, uh, sorry, a doll's arm in its mouth, and like a. Well, it's an entire doll. baby doll. Yes, entire baby doll is covered in blood, and it's like, oh wow, I see what he's saying. No, what they're really saying is that there's no way they could actually film a child getting killed
0: and i and I'm fine with that i, I like right. like there are very few things that i that um that i that I would rather you skirted around and i think the mutilization, mutilation mutil ah so the, what I want you to go with mutilization <laughs> yeah, the mutilis- i'll just say it the <laughs> mutilization fuck me uh of you know of a uh <laughs> mutilation of a uh, of a young girl by a pack of dogs you know i think that's that's probably one of the few that i'm that I'm kind of okay with you going around. <laughs> I don't know, man. Feel I was free to skip nep- that one.
1: I was with my nephew last night, and he was whining the entire time. So I was <laughs> going to see some kids getting torn apart by dogs. Oh, man. So th- there's also, like, all of these kind of sub-stories that are taking place in the movie. We've already talked about a couple of them, like Mr. Ohio. The only one that was at all interesting to me actually did involve Vlad because his character,
0: who believes he's a vampire. Oh, he's so- this is why, this is why I was saying I think he's I think he's comic relief because when you yeah. when you meet him he talks about how he's you know how he's actually a real vampire and that nobody takes him seriously or he says like he says I know people laugh at me but I don't care you know yeah. and, and then like and then like his phone starts ringing and he's like oh I better take this it could be my mom.
1: Yeah, it's his mom, right? Yeah. And and a lot of these characters, you get that moment, like the like Jack slash Jake once again, yeah. the Satanist, the Goth kid. Uh, we see him later on, That's and his uh, his mom calls him down for dinner and stuff like that. Uh, but Vlad, in this case, who thinks he's like a reincarnation of Vlad the Impaler? Well, he uh, thinks he's a descendant of, the ascendant. Ascendant. Yeah. I'm sorry. He uh, he's buys uh, he buys blood from a butcher named Mike the Butcher. Oh,
0: the butcher. Yeah, Mike
1: is a particularly terrible actor in this movie. Um,
0: you know, Mike's like the uh, Mike's like the the. Uh, speaking of butchers, he's, he he reminds me a lot of the uh, of the fat guy from uh, of Scarlet, from Scarlet I know. Fry. Scarlet <laughs> Fry. I know he does. <laughs> you, you, if you remember, you compared yourself to. <laughs> uh, yeah, well this this guy doesn't this guy doesn't doesn't remind me of myself too much.
1: Let me tell you this character's um, do it this arc for this character of Mike the Butcher. We're introduced to him as he's talking to his girlfriend on the phone, talking about how great the relationship is, and then she reveals that she's been cheating on him. And You fucked how many? Yeah, you fucked how many? And then he chops his own fingers off in the most graphic scene in the entire film. Yeah. Uh, and later on, I guess that same night, he's nursing his wound when Vlad comes to his house to buy blood and the blood he has, it looks like it's kept in like salsa containers. Or something. Yeah. It's
0: like a salsa container or like a small, like masonry jar or a really more like a, um, like a tomato sauce jar. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So he sells this to Vlad. Apparently he, he's his regular distributor
0: for $500, this little thing of blood. Have you ever that bought that- beef blood before? No, I haven't. Because there are recipes that call for beef blood. So I've bought I've bought beef blood before. It's like a couple of dollars a quart.
1: Yeah, I've, 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 I have you know, I've made black pudding and things yeah. like that before. So I mean, I know but he's a butcher and it's blood, so it's it, it, it shouldn't be that hard to get. Anyway, he gladly pays the $500 $500. And he, and he and he even takes the, the rubber glove, which has some blood on it. Uh, and it's funny because Mike is there with the thing wrapped around his hand. We have to understand he chopped his fingers off, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like he's in a bad mood, but I think it would be more uh, sort of, uh, I don't know. I think he would be in a hospital in that kind of circumstance. Yeah. Maybe not in this world. <laughs> Maybe not in the world of this film. No. So... Vlad goes off, and he goes to a restaurant, and he's sitting down, and when he sits down, he hears a news broadcast about uh, the retarded guys from earlier, the ones who made the mac and cheese. They had been murdered and drained and of drained blood. drained
0: of their blood, yeah. So he runs back to Mike Butcher's house. Actually, it's a pretty great spit take he does. Yeah. Because he's, like, drinking coffee, and he spit takes. And, I mean, of course, it's it's... You know, I mean, I know they say comedy is in the white is in the is in a wide shot, but really, uh, this this is probably one of those ones that they could have come in for the uh, you know uh. <laughs> um, uh, for for the close up on that, but or I believe they call it the coverage. You know, but um,
1: oh mo, you get me so hot when you talking about the technical term. <laughs> so
0: then you turn that f stop up to eight. No, but um. You know, and they, <laughs> they could have made that shot a lot better. All they had to do was one quick take, you know.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure they didn't have a lot of time that they could shoot in that restaurant. No. It's just, that's, a, that's a weird scene, too, because Vlad appears to be following this group of uh, black guys into the restaurant. And he sits down, and it looks like that's going to be part of the story. But it's not. He just he hears that news, and then he runs out to Mike the Butcher's place again. And he goes in, and this is very strange because he immediately accuses Mike of killing the kids. And and Mike denies it, saying that he got the blood from work, which would be the most sensible way of doing it.
0: Yeah, it's beef blood.
1: Right. But Vlad's response is, I'm a vampire. I can taste the difference. Sure. Sure, Vlad. (sighs) So so in the context of the movie, you think that... Okay, he's a nut. But then the movie does something very interesting. Really, the only thing I found interesting in the entire film is what happens next.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: the effects aren't interesting. Oh, I mean, man. They're, they're, shit, they're, worse than, they're worse than the effects that I did for Rock Favors. <laughs> Agreed. Scissors with a gunfire. Yeah. Uh, so that they both grab a gun. You see, also, Vlad, for some reason, says there can't be any witnesses. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so they both pull guns. And they shoot each other at the same time, and in classic movie style, they shoot each other right in the middle of the forehead. Yep. And Mike the Butcher is dead. But Vlad sits up, and he's okay because he's a vampire.
0: (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's the weirdest moment in a film that's supposed to be playing on a documentary style. You know? I mean, like... I don't know if this is supposed to be like vampire verite or whatever, but I mean, like, give me a fucking break. But this is not a. Again, this isn't a horror movie. There's no other supernatural elements
1: at all. None. Uh, the, the 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 character is ridiculous right from the start. Yep. His his proclamation that he could taste the difference is wrong because we find out at the end that Kelly actually killed those two guys. Yeah. So, it, this, it doesn't make any sense at all, but at least I'm like, wow, is this where they're going? At the end of the movie, we're going to find out that there are vampires, maybe. And this is like, we're, in, we're only 20 minutes into the movie, so I'm still holding on to hope that something's going to happen. But no, this, the, what you find out later, and you have to explain this to me, please, Mo. I'll try. Vlad disappears for pretty much the rest of the film until near the end because his mother is looking for him because, is it his brother who got killed? His brother. Okay but who is this character of his brother? They never he's never introduced. I I, I can't remember what his name is is Tommy or something like that. Like Johnny or something like Johnny. that. Johnny but Tom. uh yeah
0: he's he's barely introduced and then like and like I think the I think the filmmaker actually understood that. Exactly. So they show a little clip. Yeah they do they do a little they do a little flash of of the brother and then like then like Vlad like faints or something. He faints he's a vampire mind you. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that they could have been
1: editing and be like, "Oh shit, we forgot to film that part with that character. Let's just get a photo and we'll
0: just kind of flash it on the screen." (laughs) So, I I would love to know how they explain how Vlad faints. You know, was his blood pressure? Yeah, exactly. It's like he's having problems with his blood. He comes home
1: and uh, his mother is worried about him because she thinks he might have been uh, he, the murderer might have gotten him. And he goes, "Fucking dumb bitch! I'm a vampire. I'm already dead." <laughs> what is up with this movie? It's <laughs> so
0: stupid.
1: But th- that's the entire like. His he wakes up in hospital later, and then that's oh. Th-
0: then he says, "Kelly." Yeah, he that's, that's, that's the one connection. He goes, yeah, "Kelly did it," and that's that's it. We, you know, and and what. Why? What does any of this mean?
1: Why did the guy who uh, – we didn't really say it, but the murder that occurred at this party was uh, was done by Kelly. Kelly killed his own sister yeah. because, uh, in his words, she was a slut and a whore. But one of the other characters who was at that party ended up going to jail for it. Why did he go to jail for something someone else did? It doesn't – I don't even understand. <laughs> Doesn't make any. I, I know that that happens in real life all the time, but in the context of this movie, it didn't make any sense. It also didn't make any sense that all of the other characters. They, it says that they all, all the ones that were at the party, they all went to uh, psychiatric care instead of being uh, going to jail
0: for it. Yeah, it's but, it's so weird because like the whole, like it seems like it, it seems like the the filmmakers forgot about a lot about what they were talking about as they were talking about it. You know, like um, like this character Ron, he was supposed to be a cult leader. Right. You know, and he was supposed to have had, like, sort of a mind control over all of these kids at the party. You know, so everybody goes, so everybody who's at the party went to psychiatric care for a period of time, you know. Dep- deprogramming, basically, I guess. Yeah, deprogramming, you know, and uh, and a lot of them turn to the church afterwards, and there's there's a lot of shots of, of essentially unnamed characters talking about, uh, uh, how, about how have you found Jesus yet, you know. There, there
1: is one preacher character, of course, and he's a hypocrite, and yeah. he's an asshole, and then his two kids get killed uh, completely randomly. Who are which... the only innocents in the entire movie. And of course, they're innocent, but uh, they... That's such a stupid scene as well, because you're like, oh, I want to have some ice cream, and it goes, oh yes, I think we got some Hershey Highway in the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, mom, it's mom going. got some Hershey Highway. And, uh, you're talking about infantile fucking humor here, and it's not funny either, which is even worse. Yeah, because I yeah. love infantile humor. I love it when when it works, when it's funny. Yeah. So in this case, yeah, he's supposed to be a cult leader. This is the other thing you really are going to have to explain to me, Mo. And I understand we spent most of our episodes getting you to explain things to me because apparently I just don't get it. I'm fine with that. But, okay, so in the murder, what happens? They're at this party. They show this at the very end of the movie. Everyone is referring to things that happened, but we get the truth at the end of the movie after Kelly decides to take some acid. And I guess it it all kind of merges into... Uh, into this kind of circular thing where, where we're treated yeah. to what happened. So the party is occurring. His sister is taking her clothes off because she's drunk, and she's grinding on, on uh, Ron, the, the cult leader guy. Now, the cult leader, he doesn't do anything to show that, that he is a cult leader or that people are under his control at all. He's just sitting there arguing with his girlfriend, who's pissed that, uh, that Kelly's sister is doing all this. Yeah, I mean, really, she's just pissed because he, she, she, uh, she's sitting on his lap. Right. You know. So she goes a little bit further. After she takes her clothes off, she gets pushed to the ground, and though it's the, the we get the impression that Kelly's kind of pissed at her, she doesn't get pushed to the ground. She gets hit with a log. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. The the Ron's uh, Ron's girlfriend hits her with a log. the yeah. yeah. So Kelly says to just leave her there because she deserves to be punished. And then what happens? And this is so. Fucking stupid. Ron says, well, you take care of it, and he passes him a hatchet. A hatchet, yeah. And Kelly proceeds to use the hatchet to kill his sister in front of everybody at this
0: party. Yeah. He now, just ch- her up. Yeah. You know what I noticed, though? I don't know if you caught this or not, but Jack wasn't at the party. Jake Jack? <laughs> yeah. J- Jack Jake, whatever his name is. Well, he was he
1: there's I a know, lot of people at that party, but maybe that is – that would be a really uh, interesting well,
0: <laughs> that, addition that he, he was just, just – Well, that's what I'm saying. He, that's what it seemed to me because I – because like – because they kind of made it a, like a like a really big deal to kind of pan the camera around the party and show everybody who was there. Right. You know, and Jack wasn't. Hmm.
1: Well, uh, that's uh, fascinating, Mo. You know, Thanks. so, so you got – so you got the – so the whole
0: first half of the movie is bullshit. Right. essentially. Um there
1: is – yeah, but anyway, explain that to me. I don't know why, why Kelly suddenly went nuts, especially when his sister is the one who invited him to the party in the first place. Um, th- that scene just – it looks – it's so forced. And it, it's trying to really make a movie that really should have just embraced the fact that it didn't make any sense and just right. kind of went with that. But instead, it's trying to tell a story that is completely uninteresting and that doesn't fit together. Um, the movie ends, by the way, with Kelly uh, revealing the fact that he killed his sister to these two documentary filmmakers. Before uh, – and when they ask why is he telling them this, he says, oh, I like you guys. You, you make me laugh. And then he pulls out a gun and shoots them.
0: In the, in like the worst execution style I've ever seen. Like he basically just – he pulls the gun out and he points it at the camera And then he kind of, like, turns it 15 degrees, (laughs) you know, but there's no recoil on the gun. I mean, there's no, like, effect to show that there's any kind of projectile coming out of the gun. It's just he just kind of goes, eh? It's "Eh." a classic Las Vegas bloodbath style. (laughs) Yeah, but Las Vegas bloodbath is
1: awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's someone on screen going, bang, bang, bang. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so that happens in the movie. By the way, another subplot that takes place that means nothing in the movie uh, uh, involving Jack. I'll just go with Jack because who gives a shit, right? Don't watch this fucking movie. No, don't. Um, (laughs) Someone's going to want to, but just don't. Um, Involves these two police officers who will get introduced in the middle of the movie uh, completely randomly. In fact, it's tough to tell at first that they are police officers because they're
0: not wearing police uniforms. And Look, look, are, look. It is incredibly easy to tell that they're police officers because they're, because they're eating donuts. Yes. That is why we know that they're
1: police officers. Yeah. So, uh, and, and uh, I mean, they're classic, in classic buddy cop style. One of them is black and one of them is white.
0: And the white guy doesn't get a lot of play in the movie. He really only just has this one scene where they're talking. He's just like, well, I'm not going to help you with this because it's against the rules," you know. <laughs> He's the button down. His name is Glover, the white guy. I, I write. Bizarre. I didn't get the. I didn't get the black one's name. It's
1: Tom. Is the is the oh. Uh, black? Oh, I wonder if that's supposed to be a representative of something too. <laughs> I doubt it. No, I. Uh, me too. So Tom, he he um, hears from Glover that the kids who were part of the murder years ago, but ended up going to psychiatric care, that they still hang out in the woods sometimes, and he thinks that they might be connected to this new murder, which, by the way, is a reasonable way of thinking to the point where, how come these kids haven't been looked at already? <laughs> they should be one of the main suspects, since they may or may not have been directly involved with similar murders years before. So, um, which, by the way, however many years this was, that would make... Kelly's character, what thirteen or twelve when all of this happened? I guess. So Tom, uh, outside of work, since uh, Glover is 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 uh, a pussy. In fact, that's what he calls him because he wants to get a warrant. Tom goes to the woods and he has a little encounter with Kelly, who uh, who lies his ass off about where he's been. He's just woken up in the middle of the woods, and and Tom tells him to go on home. But then he runs into Jack. Yay. This is another confusing scene to me um, because he threatens Jack immediately because Jack is uh, strange looking, strange looking, and a goth. And I guess you know uh, you might think, "Hey, this is representative of what happens in real life, where someone who's just trying to live this lifestyle is getting hassled by the man all the yeah. time." Except Jack really is a dangerous idiot. <laughs> And a real piece of shit, so you can't feel too
0: sorry for him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's alarmist, but it's true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this movie, uh, the mixed messages are are all over the place. So Tom, again, not wearing a uniform. He, he just is a guy who's threatening this other person. Immediately pulls his gun on him.
0: Immediately pulls his gun and, like, points it right at his head, right? And, and of course, Jack actually has a, has a completely reasonable response. He goes, how do I even know you're a cop? Yeah. You know? And he has an unreasonable response, which is, just kill me. Come on. I want you to do it. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's a, like, one of the later uh, – but, uh, well, but regardless, I, I, like I love how well, – no, you're right. That is that. That is that. That
1: was – and the other one we'll get to in a second. <sighs> Something
0: extraordinary happens. Yeah. but Oh, extraordinary. <laughs> Um, uh, but, but yeah, so, so he's like, he's like, how do I know, how do I know you're not a cop? And, and his response is something really ridiculous. It's like, uh, he's, he's like, I don't have to tell you shit motherfucker, you know, or something like that. It's like, yeah, actually by law you, you do. Well, he's, he's yeah.
1: doing this on his own time. Specifically yeah. outside the law. Which, oh, so, the way, so,
0: they- so it's okay for, for cops to go vigilante on their, <laughs> on their off ship. I yeah. would he even mention that he was a cop if he, that wasn't part of what he was doing? Yeah. Uh, So he he threatens him,
1: and then he suddenly gets hit in the head with uh, a gun, another gun, it looks like.
0: What happens here? it looks like he gets hit in the head with the butt of a gun. Who who hit him? I would assume Kelly. I guess. That's never really confirmed. It's never revealed. And we don't know
1: why Kelly would do it either. It doesn't really make any sense. Why would he, uh, again... There's no
0: real connection between Kelly and Jack. So later in the
1: film... Uh,
0: Tom is
1: he runs into Jack once again and again threatens him and then pisses on him right in his mouth. Right in his mouth. Now, you might recall when we were watching our previous film, um, <laughs> the, uh, the sorority babes in the dance of Thought of death, that there was a part where my wife walked in on what I was watching, and she said, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> this was the scene where it occurred here where she looked over for a moment. She took a moment from her Skyrim playing to look over and see this guy getting pissed on. She was like, oh, fuck, Douglas, what are you watching?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? And this is another instance where I would say she's right. You know, I mean, yeah,
1: because I was, especially at that point, because we were late into the movie. I was wondering why I was watching.
0: It. <laughs> I started wondering that about twenty minutes in. Like this was a this was an ordeal, I, you know. And and this is this is where I wanted to I wanted to co- wanted to get to this point of, uh, of where where you think this would rank?
1: Yeah, this is a, that's a really great question because in the. Uh we've covered a number of films so far, and we've seen a lot of movies outside of those films that we've covered. Yeah. But in the scheme of the films that we have covered on the... Yeah,
0: talk, let's, we're talking, I mean, this is episode 15, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, in the, in the realm of ju- just the 15 films we've watched so far.
1: The worst movie that we've watched is Hip Hop Locos. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Okay. I consider that one of the worst movies, if not the worst movie in existence. Um, I'm not
0: going to argue with that.
1: It, <laughs> this movie, by the way, there's a couple of scenes in this movie which reminded me of Hip Hop Locos. Absolutely.
0: I was waiting for the choking scene.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Choke him, Holmes. Um, Choke that motherfucker essay. We usually put The Summer of the Massacre up near the top. This is a worse movie than that. Absolutely. I, would, is,
0: say, I would say this is worse than Sorority Babes. I would... I said today because
1: I was I was because uh, someone mentioned listening to the Sorority Babes podcast mm-hmm. and I said in certain ways looking back on that movie is a little bit fun in retrospect because there are so many kind of
0: ridiculously terrible moments. Well, what uh, what's fun is looking back on the conversation we had about it. Yeah, that's exactly
1: yeah. right. And and there are certain like clips that if I think about like audio clips from that when I think about them I'm like oh man that is classic. Sure. Ter- sure sure. There's nothing that you're going to want to uh revisit here. Nothing. No moment. So
0: No, this is going to be a hard a hard episode to edit.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, I think it's worse than Swirty Babes. I think it's worse than um Barely Legal Lesbian Vampires. I agree. And so I would say that this is number 2. This I was is I second
0: worst. I'm right there with you. I was I was debating with myself as I was watching it if this could possibly pop out, pop out, what? If this could possibly, uh, you know, uh, top hip-hop locos as far as like terribleness is concerned. But no, I, I think because this movie is has enough technicality to it that's okay, I think that's the only thing that's 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 stopping this from, from beating out hip-hop locos. But it's definitely a very close number two, in more it. ways than one. <laughs> very good <laughs> it's that glass
1: half full of number two um, there's oh man I, like moments are flashing in my brain there's a moment right near the end of the movie where Kelly and his, uh, his friend are sitting down and uh, he's selling his friend pot uh, oh no they're just smoking joints really and they start talking about their musical preferences yeah his friend had just sold him acid Acid. That's exactly right because he's about to take an acid trip. Yeah. And and they talk about because uh, his friend wants to go see a Pink Floyd Zeppelin
0: cover band. And no, no, he wants. No, no, it's even better than that. He wants to go to see. He wants to go see a a Led Zeppelin laser light show. Yeah, it's a laser light show. Yeah. That's right. And Kelly has nothing of it because
1: he's a big fan of Slayer and the Dead Kennedys and shit like that. Yeah.
0: Uh, which is fine because I like those bands. I, I love band. Slayer and I love. Why I yeah. do lo- well, I always say I love the Dead Kennedys? But I like them. And then they have a
1: conversation about the Dixie Chicks, and I uh, like, fuck
0: them, but I don't want to listen to them, which, which, is, is, which
1: is actually kind of how I feel too. Yeah. And that's it. That that's that scene. It, I don't know why it's here. <laughs> I, I think they just wanted to have a character say Slayer and Dead Kennedy. I think it's one of those scenes where it's supposed to reflect the preferences of the directors more than what you think this character. But why would they want this character reflecting that? Yeah. It. I was, I did not care for that. I also didn't care. I haven't really railed as much against the father character. Well, I was going
0: that's what, that's what I was going to take it next. So if we want to yes. talk about the dad, we should do that.
1: Okay. So the dad, yeah. uh, it, every time he talks about his dad, he's calling him a faggot. He's calling him yeah, horrible. You know. Yeah, thing. exactly.
0: You know, at, like like within the first couple of seconds of the film, he calls his dad a faggot. And, you know, and he talks about how, like, he, you know, he, he likes to take dicks in his, in his ass. And, you know, and there's another moment where he's talking about his dad where he says he found he found like a dildo in, in his, you know, in his dad's bathroom and makeup. And he, you know, and like uh, maybe even revealing a little bit about the main character, he said he tried some of it on and he liked yeah. it. Uh, And and he also, he he
1: wonders if he's going to end up gay and that sort of thing. And you think that he's in his brain, because he's this twisted little freak, that he's going to turn, that that he's exaggerating a lot of these horrible qualities that he attributes to his dad. Not that being gay is horrible. No, not at all. Exaggerated uh, nature of it. But when we finally are introduced to his father, he is as bad as he makes it seem. His father
0: is a complete and total scumbag.
1: He takes him into the house where he's been banished, I guess. While his father and his boyfriend are having dinner, and, and and yeah, Butchy. and uh, which we never meet, and his no. father is wearing makeup and he's wearing a bra, He's wearing I a mean, bra, like, like a. I mean, like it's it's the, it's like a it's like a homosexual character from like a nineteen seventies movie, which is I mean very much limp wrist, sure. the worst type of stereotypes. And he, there's a condom on the fucking plate when he comes in that his father picks up, and he's like, ooh. That sort of thing. I mean, really offensive in a
0: not enjoyably fun, yeah. interesting way at all. Yeah, because uh, I don't have a problem with gay jokes at all. I mean, I, whatever you know, gay jokes are gay jokes. But you know, I, I like the this is this isn't just gay jokes. This is just I mean, it's stereotyping. It's it's just really fucking annoying. It's yeah. really
1: annoying. But I think there's it the, the methodology behind it is something that's you know it reminded me of that that other scene uh, in in Scarlet Fries which. By the way, we should have mentioned in terms of our our list, but this movie is still a lot worse than that. Well,
0: Scarlet Fright's top five.
1: Yeah. yeah, but it's Scarlet Fry that, that has that really hateful scene with a, with a very similarly exaggerated stereotype yeah. character, um, and and but it has that sort of hatefulness behind it, which I really it really rubbed me the wrong way. And by the way, Mo, unlike yourself, and maybe it's because I'm a sensitive soul, I do have a problem with gay jokes when they're made in such bad taste. Just like I have, you know, it, it's it's the, the the retarded characters in this movie. Um, even that, and it's great that we that we already talked about Duck, where it had you know kind of similar characters, but it's a presentation, man, and it's, it's, it's all
0: presentation,
1: and it's about what what is behind it, and and there's so much negativity and hate behind it in this case that it it just makes it a really putrid, really unpleasant thing to go through. Yeah, and, and I and I agree. Of,
0: and I agree with you in that. I agree with you entirely on that. I, and, and you're right. I think that uh, I think that when when that sort of material is presented in a way that you can tell that it's just people having fun and that there's no like real malice involved with you know uh, with with the joke being said, then there's I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I mean, it's it's you're, you're right. The, the main difference between a funny joke and and a in, like in a poor taste joke is hate you know whether or not there's there is that hatred involved or not and i definitely felt that a lot of the material that was presented in this was without a doubt presented from a hateful position
1: I also want to make it very clear that if they had presented his father, I mean, I'm not saying that every gay character in a film has to be angelic or not to have any flaws. It would have been okay that his father was an asshole and that even an asshole in some of the ways that he, that that the voiceover would have suggested. But in this case, he's not an asshole. He's a cartoon character Mm -hmm. and one that is really reprehensible to spend time with because he, again, he's just as unpleasant as the rest of the characters, which I guess we'll give them that. It's consistent, but it it's not enjoyable
0: the, well because' I mean, we because we haven't even we haven't touched on it yet, but the father keeps keeps saying to Kelly you know it's yes like, you know that 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 Kelly's gonna wind up gay because the father's gay exactly it, which, know, it, which is a horrible thing to say i mean it's like it's obviously it's it doesn't work like that, you know I mean obviously that's not how genetics works <laughs> just yeah. you know but um but I mean like it, it's almost like. It's almost like the exact opposite of, like, those ridiculous right-wing families where they're like, you know, God made you a straight person, you know, or whatever, where they rail on about how, like, God sure. – that's how God made you. Well, he's doing it the exact opposite way. He's saying, well, God made you gay. You just haven't realized it yet. Yeah, he even
1: uses that word. Yeah. He said, he said you know, God made you, in you know, basically in my image that you are going to be gay like I am. Yeah. And you're right. It, it's – again, this is – Possibly misguided satire, but it's very misguided and it's very badly presented. Um, and this entire character arc—early <laughs> satire. <laughs> yeah, I know. And with Kelly's father, his character arc ends up being that butchie, his boyfriend who we never meet. The next time we see Kelly's father, um, it might be the next time. I, th- I believe so. He. Yeah. He uh, is breaking up with Butchie. On the phone, Uh, yeah. Yeah, Butchie is breaking up with him, and he is uh, distraught about the end of his relationship. And then the only time we see him after that,
0: Kelly comes home to find his father has hanged himself. In one of the worst, like, Hollywood reveals ever yeah cuz you know because was... I mean because I can understand like you you know I mean we all know how hollywood reveals work you know you walk into a room and it takes you 10 seconds to see the dead body sitting in the you know on the side of the on the bed or whatever but in this particular situation like he didn't even turn his head before he spit take like he basically he walks into the kitchen and he pulls the milk out of out of yeah. the fridge and takes a takes a swig and Im- and immediately does a spit take yes you know so his dad's like right there yeah you know i mean that <sighs> Like there's no even th- none, no even thought put into, into it at all. Like like he should like he could have at the very least. I mean, it really wouldn't have made any sense. No matter what he did, it wouldn't have made any sense. Because if he had stopped and turned around and then did a spit take, he'd be like, "Well, how come we didn't see him when he walked into the room?" You know. But, uh, I find scenes where characters hang
1: themselves and, like, in, in films in general, I find that very chilling. I do. I have to be honest. Every time I see that in a movie, it, I find it very emotionally sure. affecting. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and even more so than other forms of suicide in films, which, by the way, I didn't give any closure to it. That cop who pissed on uh, Jack, he ended up, uh, after he, um, after. The, he was discovered that he was doing these things. He got fired from the force, so he shoots himself in the head and kills himself.
0: Oh, is that why – I, I, I kind of stopped paying attention by that point. There's a voiceover
1: I, from his his Sarge, and it's really terrible. Oh. But he's just bringing your gun and badge, and and he, he looks really upset, and then he shoots himself in the head. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, suicide because that's another unpleasant thing that they have to pack into the movie. Yeah. But, yeah, it's really chilling to me. It's really kind of – Horrible to think about. And, and when you present that, it can be one of those things that is very, very memorable. Hmm. But this is treated in a really. We, we see his suicide note, by the way, which it, 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 the only thing. It's just know.
0: more awfulness from the father.
1: Yeah, it is. And the, the only two things we know about the character is that he was going out with a guy named Butchie and that his son hates him because he's gay. And that's all the note says, that his son hates him and that he can't take living because of the end of his relationship and that he killed himself.
0: Yeah, he's, uh, I think that, yeah, the note says something like um, – uh, I don't have my note my note <laughs> handy for that. But it says something like, oh, yeah, don't be ashamed of what God made you. Yes, like, exactly. Like so right, Right in the note. You know, like the note says, two things. He goes, "I can't live without. I can't live without Butchie. Don't be ashamed of what God made you." So, just reiterating the two horrible points we already know about the father.
1: Uh, by the way, uh, Kelly. Speaking of horrible could, points, yeah. Speaking of horrible points, and again, things that that couldn't exist in the reality in which we, as people listening and watching, uh, could, could 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 possibly comprehend. He cuts down the corpse. He buries it in the backyard. And with a voiceover explaining that since his father doesn't know many people at work, that, uh, that they won't look for him. They'll just, he'll just change his phone number. Yeah, that makes sense. And because his father was left a lot of money, that he'll be okay financially. So there's really no, no reason to, uh, to to stop living his life like he's living it. It doesn't explain how he would have access to all this money. Like he could just – Well, no, know.
0: he says that. He goes, I can write a check. All oh, right. Right. Okay. So I guess he's set for life. Um <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose and I'm going to give the movie credit in this case that we're talking about an American psycho style scenario where much of what we're encountering is going on in his brain and that some of these things are not meant to be taken literally. They're just representations of sort of the uh, the damage that has been done to his psyche that that this you know that this is not what's actually occurring and that if we were to ask you know people who were viewing it they would see it as something a lot more innocent but there's nothing you know there's no there's nothing to suggest that that's the case no uh, I'm just I'm just trying to make some sense of this horrible mishmash of bullshit.
0: <laughs> you know, the, and the funny thing about the whole dad suicide thing, and, and I mean, I don't want to say funny, but the funny thing yeah, about the whole you know, dad you know, the you know, the very humorous thing about the suicide, her, <laughs> her, uh, you know, is, is that when he when he took him down, there was a fart noise. No, I'm just kidding. But um... <laughs> <laughs> that I could get behind. Yeah, that. that yeah, exactly. Um, but but he takes him down, and he. Buries him in the backyard. Yes, you know, like that's his solution. He's just going to bury his dad. You know, and of course it's the middle of the day. It's 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 <laughs> broad daylight. You know, just buries him in the backyard, and then to top it all off, he starts punching the ground. You know, like he, he, that's he, right, and
1: punching he, and calling him a faggot. Yeah, again. it's like
0: he's punching the ground. He's screaming, "Fuck you, faggot!" You know, and uh, and and just really, you know, angry, you know, hurtful, whatever. And um, and and it's like so so your dad kills himself. And your first thought is to bury him in the backyard and then scream at the grave. You know, I just in I the just, middle of the day.
1: Yeah, I, I, I want to reiterate, by the way, that some of the words that we're using in this case are not necessarily words that we agree with. I'm not saying that. that I'm no, not. trying I'm to quoting the, yeah. Yeah. quoting the film. we're just quoting the film. Look, look, look.
0: Doctor Ohio says nigga a lot.
1: So, yeah. well, I mean, it's it's we're not we're not trying to make light of those kind of words. Uh, but what we really want to uh, and those characters, by the way, are credited as Retard 1 and Retard 2. So <laughs> they are. That's what the credit is. Um, See, I, I didn't wanna, stick around for the credits at all, so don't ask me anything about that. There's nothing amusing about yeah. it. I'll give you that. Uh, so, by the way, <laughs> this film is also sliced into sections which have quotes on the oh, screen. fucking quotes.
0: I, I wanted it, to ask you, did you do any research into, the, into, into any of those quotes? Because a couple of them seemed a little suspicious.
1: Well, I, I don't remember all of them offhand. It does start with the Proverbs 418. Which who, uh, which who gives a shit about? Which who gives a shit about? Of course okay. it starts with a Bible quote. But, I mean, it's it's again, this, this is just another level of the pretension on display. I cannot believe that they had the – I'm not even going to use the word balls. The, the, the level of, of – the fact that they couldn't recognize how clichéd it would be to put it's better to burn out than fade away, quote – from Neil Young on the screen as if the, what are they saying? Every, I everybody on the planet knows that quote.
0: Okay. Yeah. You don't, you don't, yeah. That's one of those quotes that, I mean, maybe they just, they were worried about being sued by the young camp, you know, I, I don't know, but it's, yeah. And everybody knows that song. Everybody should know that quote. I mean, I'm not a big Neil Young fan, but I mean, but even I know that that's Neil Young. Sure.
1: Sure. But, but it, it, the fact that, that, that they thought that they were that by putting this in the film, this is really it. It represents you know this guy. He's really just gonna go out there. He's Kirk Cobain, and he's gonna go out in this blaze of glory. What also bothered me about this is that um, the, the inconsistent capitalization on that quote. Where it's like it's better is capitalized than lowercase two. Oh, I didn't than, pay that much attention. Yeah, I know, I know. I it, it's just me, but I'm looking. It just. Just a little representation about the lack of care that they're putting into their product.
0: I was, makes- uh, I was actually a lot more interested in the Bukowski quote. Yes. Uh, and, and as to whether or not that's even real or not, because I actually did some research on that one. Because, you know, I mean, I've read Bukowski before, and, and like, I, I didn't recognize the quote. And maybe it was just something I, I've never read. And the, so quote I- is,
1: uh, the quote is, by the way, it's all very strange. Yeah. Just think, if they hadn't airbrushed the cock and balls off the Christ child, you wouldn't be reading this. So be happy.
0: And I just—I mean, like, if somebody knows if that's if that's what that's from, feel free to, to, to you know to get in touch with us, let us know. But I—I I couldn't find it anywhere.
1: Uh, near the end of the film, it has its last inter uh, title or inter Is that I can't even remember how you are supposed to pronounce that. So cut that whole section out, Mo. Mm-hmm. Um, no. And it's it's life's a bitch, then you die, and it's attributed to stupid American quote. Yeah. Stupid American quote. Stupid Americans. Jeez. S- speaking of pretentious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, to call Americans stupid is pretentious. Yeah. I mean, I am a Canadian, and I do think Americans are stupid. I think
0: Americans are stupid, and no, I'm understand. an American. And, you know, and you married one. <laughs> yeah. So I'm stupid, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just because you're an exceptionally stupid Canadian. <laughs> How you would ever let any of us into your country is beyond me. But, um. No, but I mean, like, like, but just, I mean, that, that is, that was, you know, the, the, f- like, they had already done the last nail in the coffin about an hour earlier in the film. And <laughs> this one, they're just, they're, at this point, they're just nailing nails into the corpse, you know?
1: Well, remember,
0: <laughs> one of uh, Kelly's voiceovers
1: talks about uh, going to a high class restaurant and getting chili in a bread bowl. Yeah.
0: <laughs> What a fucking dumb movie this is! <laughs> I really loved it because first you ate the chili and then you ate the ball and all that was left was the plate. Yes. Really?
1: Yeah. Christ. Really. Uh, you know, Mo, we're we're uh, we're quickly, rapidly approaching the ninety-minute mark, and we have to stop talking about this fucking awful movie.
0: Yeah, let's be done with this. I, I, there's nothing else I can I can say about this. It's it's a fucking stupid movie. Um, I absolutely despised it uh, and, that, and that's saying a lot. You know, uh, there is actually there's one more thing I wanted to talk about because it was just okay. just because of how timely it was. And, and it's only it's two seconds of the film or like a minute of the film where they cut to some like Asian kid sitting in front of a computer. <laughs> and he starts complaining about how they shut down Napster and that uh, and he starts ranting on Metallica. And now and like he was like, uh, he's like, yeah, fuck Metallica. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, Burn or some B-side tracks and pass them around, or he says he's going to sell them at school. Yeah, sell them uh, at school. I mean, I, I don't even understand. Like for one thing, that character never seen again,
1: never introduced, just nope. completely randomly put into the middle of the film. It looks and like it, test footage. Yeah, and it's like, so are we supposed to be? Are we supposed to hate this guy for stealing music? Are we supposed to hate Metallica for being such assholes about people stealing music?
0: Who gives shit? Yeah, exactly. It's very ambiguous about how, about what you're supposed to feel for it. It's like, or is it, or is it just, an, or is it just another example of a kid in this society being an asshole? Yeah. Because the way
1: he he, he says it, it, again, does not reflect how people talk or people think. It's it's very much, it's like, fuck Metallica. Not only do I not respect them, uh, I'm
0: (laughs) going to sell their albums myself. Not only do I happen to disrespect on them, (laughs) I am also going to burn several of their songs onto a compact music disc in the digital format. And... (laughs) And, it, it's, and exchange it's, commerce with them <laughs> by school
1: chums. Th- this film really feels of its time, too, mm. which is funny to say about a movie from 2004 or 2003, which I think some of them uh, contributes to, to being from 2003. It really feels that early 2000... Uh, everything sucks. Everything sucks. And I think that's, like, one of the first lines of the movie is, like, fuck everything. Fuck everything. I, I can appreciate nihilism.
0: I, I can. Really I I love. am a fan of nihilism. I I don't have anything against nihilism. I I I kind of like that. Fuck everything. I don't care about anything. Mentality, but, but I style mentality was that like an anarchaic where where anything
1: goes yeah. style. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can get. I can. I can really support that idea, especially in a film. Yeah. But man, this this is just. It is. It's like watching paint dry. It is. That level of interest, and and you are left just rolling your eyes at at the pitiful attempt at saying anything. That, that you know goes, what I,
0: I, is this really nihilistic, or is this or is this more hedonistic?
1: You know, well, the, the characters are certainly he- hedonistic, but the voiceovers are definitely nihilistic no, because true, true. all they talk about is, is that he wants to see the whole world basically go up in flames. But when we see him actually interact with people, he doesn't seem like that at all.
0: <laughs> uh, I am Jack's raging irony. Yeah. I,
1: I, uh, I'm not down with this uh, Gorno movie.
0: Gotta nah, say, this is really bad. All right, fuck this movie. What, what is what? What did you watch this week? Anything fun? Oh, we're gonna talk about this then. Oh,
1: uh, you know, I know that you actually, uh, despite the quote that you just uh, did, uh, or in in addition to, you recently watched uh, Fight Club and Red Fight Club. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, I'd actually. I uh, I never read the book before. Um, it's one of those It's one of those. Weird, I've read a lot of. Uh, I I don't want to butcher his name, but you know the author. Um, What's his name again? Chuck. Whatever his last name is, I I can't. Oh. I re- I, I, huh. Paul the- yeah, I'm so bad at pronounce. Like- <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> well, anyway, I've read other of his books before. Like I read Choke before I saw that film, and for some reason I'd never read Fight Club before, and so I so I decided to read it. And uh, and in a recent uh, care package of VHS, uh, a buddy of mine gave me the movie, which I don't, which I didn't own before. Um, so I decided, you know, so I read the book. And then uh, finished it kind of abruptly because I didn't realize it was ending, and uh, and and then watched the movie, and, and so I just kind of like you know I did on Facebook I did like a little you know sort of mini comparison between the two of what of what I I, I thought they, I thought I thought that the movie did a really really great job of adapting the book in just the right ways you know.
1: I mean it's really a good example of what an adaptation can be exactly. What? Right, and that, that it's still very filmic. It, it still is a. Uh, it feels when you're watching it that this is something that was made to be a movie. Uh, so it's something that's separate. And uh, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because I usually in my brain lump Fight Club with American Psycho because of the time periods that they were coming out. Sure, sure. Even though one obviously reflects the 80s more than than the Fight Club. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but this movie. Gorno, yes going back to it again um it it would love to be as transgressive and as modern uh as either of those two books or films sure are uh and it's striving to be you know it always reminds me of and i apologize if i'm gonna offend anybody here but the boondock saints is a movie that i dislike a lot i don't care for it Uh uh
0: <laughs> well, the, well, we, they, they did history. that. Uh, they did that big re-release uh, where they where they put it. Um, as uh, what do they call it? Like the, this is company that does these big event movies, you know, and uh, and they they did one for for the I, I forget if it's like the twentieth anniversary, or the tenth anniversary, or whatever it was.
1: Oh, think it's the twentieth. <laughs> I think that might be a little <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever, whatever. I mean, yeah, it must have been the tenth anniversary for Boondock Saints, and uh, and so I I actually got to go see it uh, on the big screen. I, I loved that. I thought it was great. All right. Well, you're
1: allowed to like it. I'm not going to knock you for liking it. Sure. But,
0: but I understand. I understand why people don't like it. I just, I just like it. I like it. I,
1: and I don't just dislike it because the director is a complete dickhead. But he is a cop, uh, Yeah. But, but I really, I just think that that's a movie that thinks it has a lot to say and doesn't.
0: No, uh, I can agree with that. I can agree with
1: that. It's also a movie that's trying to be all these other movies at once. That's it. I love Willem Dafoe in that movie. I think he's amazing. In I, it. I, I but, do. Too. But I fucking hate the movie. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did watch The Invention of Dr. Nakamatsu uh, because of, of your suggestion from our last episode. Um, and did that actually make
0: it into the last episode?
1: Uh, I can't was, remember. Was that, that I the one was the that, first? is that the
0: one we had to, that got cut?
1: <laughs> in one of the last episodes, uh, Mo did mention this documentary about this Japanese inventor um, who has more patents than, I guess, anybody in history, certainly in any uh,
0: his competition. It's like in the mid-3K range. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I liked it. I didn't love it. Uh, I thought it it didn't examine exactly how much of an egotist he was. I don't uh, think they could have. Yeah, but the movie only runs an hour, right? And no, it, yeah, it, it is does. It, it feels like it stretches things,
0: uh, uh, even in that because of what they're covering. Um, but how did, how disturbing was it when it when his kids come to bring him his uh, his birthday present and yeah. he's like, No, 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 you did it wrong. Go do it again. Yeah, and, and I mean, very. I love I love that
1: moment because it's very symbolic of his mindset. Yes. Uh, because, and this is one of the things that because uh, Jill watched it with me, my wife, and and we had a little discussion about it about the idea that if someone's a genius, how much would you put up? with their bullshit, right? How, how kind of strange and and uh, irritating could their behavior be? Because at the end of the day, you can say, well, he's a genius. He's, but this guy, he's not just a genius, and he is. I mean, he's, he's invented some amazing things, but he's also – uh, someone who obviously has some sort of mental condition. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I mean, even down to the idea of him taking a photo of his meals every single day. and For some of, years. For years. Yeah. Uh, for, and, and some of his beliefs are obviously complete horseshit. <laughs> and, and you watch it and you're like, he. he <laughs> and I mean, he, even if. And, and, and again, I'm not going to go too far into it. I would suggest watching it because it is interesting. But even his claim and his claim to fame, really, that he invented the floppy disk is not something that has ever been confirmed by anybody. Yeah. Uh, and and it, 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 again, he's a fascinating individual, but I, I'll just say this. About halfway through, I had to go to Wikipedia because I started to think that the documentary was a joke, like it was, <laughs> like it was a mockumentary, that he wasn't even a real person because of some of the crazy things. You know that, what?
0: I, you know, I I just I that's that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, it does it does kind of take on a weird mockumentary feel to it. I, I didn't even think about that. I just took it all at face value.
1: This is, I don't again I want to stop. But he wants he's having his dinner. Uh, his birthday dinner and, and, and he's go doing it at this hotel and he wants
0: the room changed. Yeah to, he wants the name of the, the room changed to Dr. Nakamat's room. Right. And he goes to and these crazy lengths yeah. to get that done. And then and, he, and then ultimately ultimately it says Dr. Nakamot's room today only. Today only. Which is which was like a deal breaker for him. Like he was like I do not want it to say today only.
1: Okay, I, I don't want to talk anymore about it.
0: No, you no, should no. watch
1: it even though I didn't love it because it, oh, it's totally worth watching. I love documentaries. I love documentaries on these kind of odd sort of broken characters and Not people. I shouldn't say characters. These broken people, and this is a man who it, he, he thinks that he is king shit. He yeah. thinks he's amazing, but you can tell that there's something really wrong that has happened in his life that has made him into the person that he is. He thinks he's hot shit, but he's really just cold diarrhea. That's that you put it in a more succinct and beautiful. I'm trying to
0: think if there's anything else I watched this. uh, Oh, you know, I I, I want (laughs) to, I want to give, uh, I want to give a Chuck Norris update. Oh, please. Because I watched, I try to watch at least one week, you know? And so I watched, um, I forget what it's from, like they're mid, early to mid 2000s. It's called Bells of Innocence, right? It's the worst pile of shit I've ever seen. Like, I mean, not, not like, you know, obviously not like, you know, no budget nightmare level shit, but, uh, but just, I mean, just as far as like the acting is concerned, as far as like the way it's presented is concerned, it's just this pile of like born again, just feces, you know, and and up from the middle of it sprouts Chuck Norris as an angel, and it's it's so bad. It's it's easily the worst Chuck Norris film I've ever seen. And Chuck Norris has made some really shitty films. He, he certainly has.
1: You know, it's, it's it's I wonder when when in his personality and his life, I wonder if he's always been such a kind of nut where where he you know cuz we all know that now he's a right-wing conservative yeah. Christian mental case. Um, but but the the fact that you know I never thought of him in that way. But the first time I remember thinking that he took himself too seriously is when those Chuck Norris uh jokes were going on about about how tough he was yeah. and he didn't seem to get them like get why people thought that that was amusing. And I'm like anybody in the entire world who who didn't take themselves just ridiculously ser- seriously would have just been like well that's, you know, everyone thinks I'm this super badass. Let's play into that.
0: Yeah. And he eventually got there. He eventually got there, but it was like, it, it was like, pulling it, teeth. It does make me wonder how many advisors it took for him to finally r- realize, you know, that, that he could cash in on that. That, that this is as much, much
1: notoriety as you've had for a decade. Yeah. Do something with this. Exactly. And no, he, it was like
0: support, like Mitt Romney and, and Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee, Huckabee, that's right. It, yeah. yeah, that's right. Oh uh, my god. You know, Mitt oh, right. Mittens Romney is pretty bad, but I mean, Mike Huckabee is the fucking yeah. worst.
1: Yeah. I, and again, sorry to people who are listening who may not share our particular political views. I don't you, care.
0: I really don't care. Look, look, look. I, I consider, or is it? I I consider myself a a uh, slightly to the left centrist. You know, as far as like my political views are concerned. So if I'm calling you a right wing nut job, you're a right wing nut job. I yeah. oh that actually. Speaking
1: of, of right wing nut jobs, no. I I um I want to get the name right. So
0: one second here. And, His name is Vermin Supreme. Yes. <laughs> He's going to turn you gay with power, with his powders. Okay. So also, uh, you
1: just reminded me that I watched uh, the Roger Corman documentary, Corman's World, Exploits of a Hollywood Rebel. And is that, that on Netflix? Uh, not on Netflix. It just got released on DVD and Blu-ray, I think, uh, a week or a couple of weeks ago. And it is uh, great. I mean, it's a really great documentary. Yeah, I really want to watch that. It has sort of that, uh, and, and, and I don't want to make it seem like the filmmaker is, is derivative, but it has sort of that. Energetic feel that not quite Hollywood sure, and Eddie sure. Maidens Unleashed have, but they managed. I mean, they they interviewed Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro and nice. especially Jack Nicholson, and they got really good stuff out of. Uh, well, Scorsese always gives good stuff, but Jack Nicholson, who's a guy who's fairly reclusive when it comes to interviews, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, he really he he really he contributes. He has so much gravitas anyway, but but he's fun and interesting and uh, and he gets choked up near the end, and I tell you, watching that guy get choked up, it, you can't help but uh, get a little uh, dusty in a room uh, for, for me as well. No, it's a great documentary. And yeah, it, I'm going gonna, I'm
0: gonna to try to get my hands on that as soon as I can. That that sounds great. Uh, speaking of great documentaries, though, I watched uh, – today, actually – I watched Papatopoulos. Sure I I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Like if you ever wanted, I mean it's it's almost kind of sad like that that something like this couldn't have been made like uh say 15 years ago, you know, but uh but it's you know just cuz to get into the into the Jim Wanorski um you know, method to his madness. Now, is is kind of fascinating because, like, it's you know, it's like you, you know the, the, this kind of person exists because sure. because obviously, Sci-Fi Channel puts out a lot of shit, uh-huh. but uh, but you know, to actually watch it in progress. You know, as he as he films an entire movie in three days. Well,
1: let's let's just explain it for people who don't know that, that, that it's a film again, it's a documentary about Jim Wynorski, the the well known B movie auteur love, uh, who has worked Wynorski. a lot with Roger Corman. Yeah. Um, yeah, they
0: they interview Corman a lot. In the history, yeah, right? in fact, it, it, the
1: Roger Corman uh, documentary is kind of bookended by these scenes of him making a a, a sci-fi, um, like like the television station sci-fi, a yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, made-for-TV movie. So I bet you these would make a pretty great double feature.
0: Yeah, oh, I would I would assume.
1: Um, and and no, I really I gotta see. Uh, it it's called Papatopoulos?
0: Papatopoulos.
1: Yeah, and, which and, I was uh,
0: trying to figure out what the hell the name meant, and, and then and then they kind of mention it. Um, I guess when Jim Winorski uh, is like, he's got these catchphrases that he does while while he's filming, and uh, and if he wants the women to take their tits out, essentially, he goes pop them tops. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you know what you're in for. I, in fact, I believe, and I hope I don't get this wrong, that on Twitter at Papatopoulos, if you want to uh, follow the releasing of that film and maybe even ask him a few questions, it seems like there've been really um, vocal. And really responsive to fans on that. So it's, check it's it out.
0: It's an amazing documentary. And it's short too. It's only like it's only like 70 minutes, but uh, it's it's <laughs> really really great. Okay, excellent. So Mo, yes. now we'll... Mo. Mo. Mo, I think I think our segments like after we're done talking about the movies, we should just talk about the documentaries we've watched. (laughs) It seems like that's what we talk about anyway, because like it seems like you and I watch an exuberant amount of documentaries. You know, well, you know the reason exorbitant and exorbitant
1: is that that's the only genre that my wife enjoys for the most part. I mean, she'll watch some weird uh, American women. Yeah, that's right. Those crazy, awful Americans. Those fucking but,
0: weird Americans.
1: But, uh, and since I'll watch anything, uh, yeah. we usually end up watching a documentary because it's something that we can both enjoy. And believe me, when I f- push her to watch something like The Raid, uh, Redemption, and she hates it, I never hear the end of it. So yeah, uh, right. yeah, I know. Better to meet halfway. So, Mo, what I wanted to ask you is. Oh, God. If someone w- wanted to say follow us and know that what we were doing uh, and and kind of keep track of say the releasing of No Budget Nightmares, maybe even see our opinions on the movies as we're watching them, how do they go about doing that?
0: <laughs> well, the easiest way mm-hmm. um, for people who are on Facebork, mm-hmm. uh, they—that's <laughs> the new one. That's the you know. On Facebook they can reach us. We have our own URL there. It's facebook.com slash no budget nightmares. That's no spaces. I <laughs> so always
1: say all one word. <laughs> all
0: one word. Uh yep. that's that's the easiest way on Facebook. Uh or they could follow us on Twitter. Twitter. And uh, I am at drunk on V H S. I am at Doug underscore
1: Tilly. That's T I L L E Y. Yes, Doug, that's a very
0: original that's a very original name.
1: Yeah, thank you, uh, and, and and I'm very proud of it. Uh, in fact, uh. so don't try to steal it, Mo. I know that you like taking names.
0: Well, you, yeah, I was gonna say you know that. Uh, you you're clearly, I'm not very uh, proud of my own name since I don't ever use it <laughs> for anything. Uh, uh, one so one, well, of the, one of these days, I'm gonna shock the world and just tell everybody my real name.
1: Yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know, Mo's real name isn't Mo, and I do know what his real name is, but I will only ever call him Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't which isn't a criticism on your, your uh Christian name, so to speak. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> So, yeah, you can contact us there. But, Mo, aside from all this social network nonsense, <laughs> what What if – I mean, just what if? I've just thrown out a crazy scenario here. Mm-hmm. What if someone wanted to
0: email us? Look, it's become abundantly clear that nobody wants to email <laughs> us. <laughs> have been begging for the last – We have episodes. been begging for the last, like, four episodes. I've just that lots of people
1: have written, but they're fucking up the email address every single time because it's so ridiculous. Mm.
0: Maybe what is that email address? you can they can contact us at no budget <laughs> no budget nightmares <laughs> No budget nightmares, one word dG as in Daily Grindhouse, at gmail.com. Let me repeat that. Uh-huh. it's no budget nightmares dg at gmail.com.
1: So No Budget Nightmares, all one word. Then you've decided, seemingly randomly, to put two letters, DG, as it stands for Daily Grindhouse, even though in the title of the podcast, the DG happens beforehand. Shut up. Uh, and then it's at we <laughs> or too cheap to even afford at an at – well, I'm glad it's not at no nobudgetnightmares.com. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So those of you who may have made it this far in, I can't imagine that's anyone at this point, no. um, please, just, just say, here, here's what you need to do, right – test in the subject line write test in the message and just send it so we know that it even fucking
0: works that's all i want to know because dim shit here <laughs> thanks <laughs> asshole <laughs> look look we get we get a lot of emails from google plus okay right.
1: so we're very popular with with algerians and google plus no we're not that popular <laughs> I mean, with algerians sure we're still number one with the Algerians. <laughs> USA, A-OK. Hey, <okay>. uh, Patoui. <laughs> <Patouille. laughs> okay. Oh, man. I'm so glad that we have this shitty movie out of our system because I was feeling down in the dumps after watching it.
0: Oh, it's so bad.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm going to uh, release my bowels and uh, release the, the compacted... Uh, sort of shit monster that has been created inside of me by gorno and and once it's released i'll never have to think about it again just like you who have listened to this podcast will never have to think about us talking about it again
0: well except for the however many hours of editing i'm now going to have to do for this but
1: i, I also have to write a full lens review i haven't
0: <laughs> oh this is so bad
1: do we know what we're going to do next Oh, boy, Mo! that's a great question. I, I, do you have the box set near you? Or, I, or, I do. But you know what? Fuck this box set. I do know what we're going to do next.
0: What are we going to do next, my friend?
1: I think it's time. <laughs> the next movie that we should cover is a classic from the mid-'90s. One of the, um, what I would say is the disciples of Todd Sheets. We're going to watch, if you agree to this, <laughs> Death Metal Zombies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's time for us to cover Death Metal Zombies from 1995, uh, directed, of course, by uh, Todd Jason Cook, uh, a friend, uh, not a friend of the show necessarily, but <laughs> a friend of Facebook. Um, and yeah, I think it's time to take a look at Death Metal Zombies. I've always been meaning to watch it, and I never have. So this is going to be very, very exciting.
0: I have a, uh, a stack of uh, uh, of what racists would call urban films. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the that... Huh? Like like hip hop locos? Maybe like the next step above <laughs> hip hop locos, but uh, but yeah, those, those I've always been meaning to watch too, and maybe maybe one day we'll cover one of those because they definitely fall into the no budget nightmare realm. Uh, but we'll but also, see.
1: Also, also, and 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 I I don't want to jump too far ahead because I do know we have to cover Jesus Christ serial rapist at some yes. point. Yes. <laughs> uh, but um, I'd also like to cover uh, a, a nollywood film like a Nigerian all those films are, are would certainly fit into the no budget category sure. and there's tons of very bizarre movies coming out of there I've, hey, I've seen some I've seen some yeah. they're they're wild Dude. they are wild mo the sky's the limit <laughs> we're gonna make it after all
0: I throw thank my, you for
1: my hat up.
0: <laughs> throw my hat up in the air freeze frame. Sorry, I was letting
1: it freeze frame while the credits rolled. Same. Anyway, <laughs> Death Metal Zombies, next up on No Budget Nightmares, please email, please call. I don't know how you would do that, but figure it out. They can leave uh, voicemails on Skype. Yeah, go for it. What's, what, 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 you are not too busy to uh, let your friends, Mo and, uh, and me, Sweetback, uh, from, <laughs> from TaylorKindHouse.com, know how much you love us and care about us.
0: Because I don't remember what my name is on Skype. I don't, you know, it, it comes up under my under Mo Porn, but I don't think that's... Maybe that is what it is. Try it. Try it, people. Anybody on Skype? We are unprepared for this podcast. I'm always, I'm always online anyway, so if I answer the phone, then you might, you might actually get to have a conversation with me.
1: Yeah, call my wife up, scare her when I'm not home. Whatever. <laughs> I think we're done here. We are done. I can't believe I think this episode is as long as the last one. What is wrong with
0: us? Yeah, we'll cut some shit
1: out. Yeah, let's cut a lot of shit out. <laughs> Good night. I'll cut I'll cut the whole bit out about the movie. We don't, <laughs> we don't need that shit. <laughs> might might be for the better. Yeah.
0: Good night, folks. Alright, goodbye. Dailygrindhouse.com. Tough films for the rough crowd. Buck life. Fuck death. Fuck everything. Follow us on Twitter, at Daily Grindhouse. Moe is at Grunk on VHS. And Doug Tilly is at Doug underscore Tilly. The podcast you're currently listening to is part of the Second
1: Unit Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at 2upn.blogspot.com or on our Facebook under the Second Unit Podcast Network. Our fantastic list of shows include Drunk on VHS, We Came From the
0: Basement, The aftermovie Movie Diner, Something Weird This Way Comes, with Rue, and Mo, No Budget Nightmares, and Dr. Action and the kick Kid Commentaries. The Second Unit
1: Podcast
0: Network, bringing you the action, leaving the boring stuff to the other guys. Oh my God! There's been a midnight Phillips so pile up on the highway.